Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. We're dedicating today's show to the late, great Whitney Houston, who sadly passed away over the past weekend. Like so many of Whitney's fans, we loved her in The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner and in The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington. Personally, I'll never forget her gorgeous rendition of I Will Always Love You, one of the most romantic love songs ever written. Whitney will be greatly missed. On the movie scene, however, we'll be able to see Whitney on the big screen again later this year in a film called Sparkle, which currently is in post-production. Now, as you know, folks, it's Valentine's Day, so we have a special show for you because we'll be revisiting one of our favorite episodes featuring Kimberly Potts and Diana Sanger, who joined co-host Jazz Shaw, producer Nikki Starr, and me to discuss great love stories on film back in 2009. And we'll have a live chat going even during the rerun section of today's show. I hope listeners will sign up for the chat to share their favorite romantic films with us. Plus, we'll be giving away free copies of two books, Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick by Kimberly Potts, and It Had to Be Us, a romantic memoir by Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence in a random drawing. Now, I'll explain the details about that drawing in a few minutes, but first, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about our guests. In addition to writing, everything I need to know, I learned from a chick flick, Kimberly is the author of George Clooney, The Last Great Movie Star. She has also written for AOL Television, TV Guide, U.S. Weekly, Inside TV, LATimes.com, E-Online, Daily Variety, the, De- the Detroit Free Press, and the Cincinnati Inquirer. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and Diana serves as entertainment editor for the San Diego East County Gazette. She's also written for Script Magazine and operates her two, her own syndicate and online site called Review Express. She's also founder and editor of Classic Movie Guide, and author of Everyone Wants My Job, The ABCs of Entertainment Writing. Kimberly and Diana are both great guests, so I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing from them just as soon as I explain about our book drawing, which is running through Friday, February 17th. If you would like to participate in this drawing, simply send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net, that's R-E-E-L, 
realtalk at comcast.net with book drawing in the subject area. Then I'll add your name to the drawing, and winners will be notified during the weekend following Valentine's Day. Now, before we play the recorded section of today's discussion, I need to clarify one thing. Kimberly originally donated five books to give away, but four of them were won by listeners of the first show, so there's only one Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick to give away during the current drawing. However, I have four copies of It Had to Be Us that are available to win in this drawing. So, let's get on with the show. During this pre-recorded se section, Kimberly and Diana and Jazz and I discuss these topics. The top five love stories on film, the best romantic couples on film, favorite romantic scenes, the difference between a love story and a chick flick, I, I think everybody wants to know that, and the worst love stories on film. Now, we've extended the showtime, which means that after the recording, um, which lasts about 30 minutes, there should be time to report on today's chat and for more information about the book drawing as well as what's coming up on Movie Addict Headquarters before the end of the month. Alrighty then, I'll start the recording right now. Enjoy. Nikki, is our chat room open? Yes, ma'am, it is, and we are ready to go. All right. Thanks so much, Nikki, and thanks to the people in the chat for their participation. And, of course, I'm also grateful to have such a helpful co-host, Jazz. Do you feel intimidated by being our only male panelist today? I feel intimidated all the time, usually whenever Nikki's around because she threatens me a lot. But she's she's very efficient, a great producer, and she takes great care of the chat. Yes, she does. And besides all of her many, many tasks in connection with Blog Talk Radio, but I didn't think you would be, you know, very intimidated with today's I was more show. intimidated by the subject matter, actually, because when I found out we were doing this show, uh, the first thing, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm one of those stereotypical guys, and I heard great love stories, and I thought, oh, my God, chick flicks. I probably don't like any of them. And then when I was preparing, I realized, you know, maybe not the modern ones, but there's a whole bunch of love stories that are on my top list of films, and I hadn't thought about it that way, so it's going to be very informative for me. Well, I think it is, and it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us. So let's say hello to our guests right now. Of course, you know that Diana is a very popular, regular guest on our show, and this is Kimberly's second time here. Remember, she did such a great job last year when we were discussing her wonderful George Clooney biography. So welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters, Kimberly. And she was fabulous. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. It's good to be back and chatting with you today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again, and it's always fun to hear from Diana. How are you this afternoon, Diana? I'm doing great, and it's a delight to be on your show again, Betty. Well, we always love having you on the show, and I, I know you're a very busy lady with all of the things you're doing also, so we're glad you were able to take time out to be with us today. But I'd like to start out by asking Kimberly to tell us something about her book that she's so generously giving away today and maybe to explain uh, what the difference is between a love story and a, a chick flick. So, Kimberly, you're on. Thanks so much. <laughs> uh, well, I think, uh, you know, when I did the book, um, which I wrote because this is it's just always been my favorite genre of movie, 
Um, and I did kind of separate the movies out into different kinds of chick flick, and, and it's I think it's interesting that you asked that question about what is the difference between a love story and a chick flick because, you know, I think most people would assume that they're the same thing, but it's just, it's just not true anymore. Um, I think especially with modern chick flicks, they're not always focused around a romance. Um, the best example I can think of just recently is uh, The Devil Wears Prada. It's not really, you know, there's romance in it, but it's not really revolving around the romance. It's about her career and right. and uh, developing that and, and this relationship she has with the Meryl Streep character and uh, the Anne Hathaway character and the Meryl Streep character. And um, even kind of flipping uh, the reverse side of that, I think if you think of a movie like Jerry Maguire, um, you wouldn't think of that as being a chick flick, but it certainly is. There's a great love story in it. So, um, yeah, they're just chick flicks today don't necessarily revolve around love stories. They're not necessarily romantic uh, movies right. or romantic comedies. I, I see. So, well, that that uh, helps a lot. Now, what about your book? What uh, what uh, did you have fun writing your book? Uh, what's it about? I mean, other than chick flicks, and and what were the things that you needed to know? <laughs> well, kind of the idea of it was that um, you know we we all watch these chick flicks and dozens of them, and, and that was actually the most fun part of writing the book was having an excuse to go back and rent these movies and buy some of my favorites. Um, but that it kind of tongue-in-cheek, but but not totally, that, you know, a lot of these movies, the reason I think that they connect so much uh, with people and that people do watch them over and over again is because you do kind of pick little little life lessons out of some of them. And that was kind of the idea behind the book, not just to write about my favorite chick flicks, but why they're my favorite, why they resonate with so many people, Um you know, I, an example I think is Pretty Woman. So many people love that movie, and if you just said to someone, "Well, it's a Disney movie about a prostitute," they're you know that doesn't sound like it's going to be really <laughs> one of the greatest love stories of chick flicks of all time. <laughs> it really it is, and and most people love that movie, especially people who love chick flicks. I think that's on a lot of people's you know top ten list of chick flicks. So I just never heard it described that way before. Thank you. <laughs> a good description. Well, I I can't wait to get a copy of your book, Kimberly, because I I just think the that's one of my favorite book titles I think that I've ever seen. Everything I need to know I learned from a chick flick and we we certainly want to thank you for donating five copies so that we could uh, give them to wait away to some lucky listeners today. Well, are we Go ahead. Did I I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, no. That's um, So, again, that was kind of the idea of the book, um, A, to give me an excuse to watch all those movies again, and um, just to kind of pull out the little the little nuggets in each of them. And, you know, I always think that even the worst movie, um, which I didn't include in the book, they're definitely all movies that I love, but I think even the worst movie has some usually has some little redeemable thing about it. There's a great quote or maybe there's a great performance or just it was so bad that it was fun to talk about how bad it was afterwards. Um, so, you know, I think with movies, that, again, that people really love, there's always a, a reason behind it. There's something that they really got from it and um, or just that it, you know, it just makes them happy. It puts them in a good mood to watch these movies or they kind of relate it to something in their life and it makes it uh, makes a little more sense to them. So that was kind of the idea behind the book. You were mentioning the recent films coming out, and for a moment I had this terrible fear that you were going to list uh, He's Just Not That Into You, because I'll be totally honest, I, I watched the previews for that coming out on television, 
and my first response was, I began thinking of a list of chronic diseases that I might be able to fake in case my wife asked me to go see it. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about upcoming uh, <laughs> movies, and I think that one just uh, started on, on Friday. So we, I guess we can't think that, that that's upcoming. So you're going to be saved from that one today, Jan. Maybe Maybe sometime in the future. But well, what we wanted to concentrate on, I guess, today it would be the the love stories, which some of them might be chick flicks and some of them are just strictly love stories or they might be adventure stories with uh, a love story connected to it. And so I'm just very eager now to see if we can agree on, say, the top five greatest movie love stories. And I'll ask each of you for your picks. I'm going to try to keep score to see how many votes each film gets. Um that's kind of hard for me, so bear bear with me. And Diana, why don't you go first? What are your top five uh, great? Well, first of all, Betty, you know film critics never agree on anything, so this will be interesting. <laughs> I think so. Yes, I can hardly wait. Um, my top five include Gone with the Wind, ah. Ghost, mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Right. It's a Wonderful Life, which is. You know, everyone thinks it's a Christmas story, but it's it's a very passionate love story. And Kimberly, Pretty Woman is my fourth pick. All right. <laughs> and Last of the Mohicans is number five. Well, Last of the Mohicans. Uh, yes. That's people how... don't think of that as as a romance, you know. But I like when you can have a I like when you can have a movie that has other other genres because you know this is something you could take a man to and everybody would enjoy it. But there's that. That underlying romance between Daniel Day Lewis and uh, Cora, who is played by Madeline Stowe, that just man, when it when it zings with the chemistry, just goes right to your heart. I remember that, and but the main thing I remember about uh, Last of the Mohicans is that the performance that Daniel Day Lewis gave in that film is probably one of the greatest physical performances <laughs> that I've ever seen on film. I mean, running through the forest. <laughs> I mean, he just—that was a—that's a great selection of movies that you have here. But I, I haven't thought of uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" as a love story. Well, you know, everything that George Bailey does is fueled on the love of his family, and and his wife Mary. You know, and and he's so confounded with with his challenges that he has to. You know, he he. And that one scene where he holds her and he's actually screaming at her that he doesn't love her, you know. And then all of a sudden he, they look at each other's eyes and she's like, well, what's going on with this? And then he just kisses her and, and it's it's there. Well, maybe if I thought of it as a love story, uh, I might have liked it liked it better. That, that's the only one that I would find a, a problem with on that list. And no surprises with Gone with the Wind or Ghost. Those uh, certainly have wonderful love love stories in them. But what about you, um, Kim? Do you? Um, my top, well, my number four is also Pretty Woman. So um, we we definitely agree there. Um, the rest of uh, my list is When Harry Met Sally, uh, Say Anything, John Cusack movie, um, The Wedding Singer, and Moonstruck. Moonstruck. I hadn't. I hadn't thought about Moonstruck. I haven't seen it for so long. But that was a, a great uh, love story. It's Refresh such... our memory again on um, Say Anything. Say Anything is the John Cusack Ioni Sky movie. The we all know that image of him holding the boombox above his head and playing the Peter Gabriel song to to kind of woo her back. 
um, you know, they're kind of both geeks in their own. She's the smart geek, and he's kind of the regular garden variety geek, and and um, they, but they're both kind of outcasts in their own way, and and it's just a great geek love story. Now I remember it. Yes, I I did enjoy that one uh, very much, and I had the pleasure of watching the wedding singer uh, a couple of nights ago. It was shown on TV, and I had forgotten what a great love story that was and how great uh, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler were together in that in that film. Uh, no wonder you have that. On, they have on great your... chemistry. They really do. And when Harry met Sally, no surprise there because that's just a, a gem of a love story and a very special, special movie, I think. So mm-hmm. I like your selections very much. Now, how about you, Jazz? Well, listening to the uh, the list from our esteemed guests, I first will say, God, I'm feeling terribly old today. <laughs> uh, and it never would have crossed my mind to put Pretty Woman on there because it was a story about a hooker. But um, Well, hookers need love, too. <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Uh, my list obviously went in a slightly different direction. I only have one very modern film, and it's going to be one of my oddball picks. But at number five, I had uh, Sweet November. Uh, not the new atrocity that, uh, that that was brought out, but the original with Sandy Dennis and Anthony Newley, uh, which was a wonderful love story. Uh, was that a four, remake? Was was the uh, the later film a remake of of the Anthony Newley Sandy Dennis? That was my understanding, and the the reviews were just so uh, patently atrocious uh, from you know people that saw screenings that I lost interest in it immediately. But the original was great. Was that the one with Keanu Reeves? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Remake. Remake was with uh, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, but, but the original was fantastic. At number four, um, one of my favorite independent films of all time, and the only newer film that I have uh, is Kissing Jessica Stein with uh, Heather Jurgensen and Jennifer Westfeld, who wrote, directed, and starred in the film. It's it's a very offbeat love story because it's a tangled, uh, triangular sort of love story between two women who are disgusted with men and decide they're they're going to date and fall in love with a woman, but it, well, I, I won't spoil it for anybody. It's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. If you haven't seen it, give Kissing Jessica Stein a chance. It's it's a fantastic film and a great love story. Uh, number three, I had Roman Holiday with Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Oh yeah, I never. Which thought is of one of the great love... unrequited love stories oh, because okay. of the ending. You know, okay. they they can't really be together because she's a princess and and he's a reporter in Rome and but. The, the sacrifices that they make for each other at the end of the film. I mean, it's it's a classic love story. It really is. It is. It's a great film. At number two, and, and I had my wife helping me out with this one, was uh, Paris When It Sizzles, uh, also with Audrey Hepburn, but with William Holden. Oh, that was that one had the great Noel Coward in it. Yes, it did. Very good. Oh, I... I remember it, and I think even Marlena Dietrich was in that movie. I would have to check. I, I don't have it up in front of me, but I, I think you could be right. And but definitely was, Noel Coward, yes. And it was about a, a screenwriter and how how uh, this secretary helped him act out some of the parts in the in the scripts he were was writing. Going through the little fantasy sequences, and then it sort of melds into the reality of the love story that they actually have. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, tremendous. And number one on my list... Uh, Really, no surprise, I, I think, for people that are more into the classic films, I think the greatest love story ever told was Casablanca. Um, <laughs> we are not I, I, I love Bogey and Bacall, but this is one of the films that Bogey did with uh, Ingrid Bergman, 
And, I mean, just the sacrifice that went on there, the love they had for each other, telling the story back during the war years when they were separated and what he had to do at the end to give her the life she needed where they clearly were so in love with each other and risking life and limb. I mean, I think Casablanca was probably the greatest love story there ever was. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and uh, we like to tease you about putting that number one in all your uh, various genre categories. Well, I'm sorry, but there's so many genres that it applies to. and <laughs> I'm, I'm unapologetic. I, I really think Casablanca was probably the best movie ever made. Well, it certainly was at the top uh, of, of films ever made. I would agree on that. Now, um, very interesting selections, uh, Jazz. And Nikki, how about you? What are what are your top five love stories? Hi. Well, you know, I totally disagree with Jazz about Casablanca and y'all. It's just not one of my favorite movies ever, so... Well, nobody's perfect. <laughs> I know. I will say I'm not. I will go right up there, but I do have my list, so I'll start... From five, from the fifth one up, okay? So uh, there's a tie for City of Angels and The Notebook for number five. Oh. And then number four, Always. Now, is Always the uh, the film with Richard Dreyfuss? Richard and, Dreyfuss uh, and Holly Hunter. Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of supernatural kind of? Well, like he's a, yeah, he's a pilot, and it's just a neat love story that transcends time. Right. Well said. <laughs> It does. And then number three, an officer and a gentleman. Oh, Richard um, number two, Deborah yes, 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 very romantic. And then, shh, Jazz, don't even say a word about number two because I almost made it number one, okay? The Princess Bride. Yes, it is a love story. <laughs> it is. You know, I love that movie, Nikki, but I am okay. so going to kick your butt when I see you. <laughs> I love it. Such a great I love movie. the phrase, as you wish. I mean, we as use that. That around here a lot, as you wish. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, number one, and it's very cliche, and I'm sorry if you all don't agree, but Titanic. It is just, ugh. Oh, well, how can we have a, a show about great love stories on film and not include Titanic? And I, I'm saying that in case any of the, women, uh, the other women in my family are listening, because I definitely was on their uh, naughty list when um, I was one of the few critics that did not like Titanic, and most of the other women in my family <laughs> shunned me. So I'm I know Betty Jo's trying to keep score. Do we have any repeats so far? Well, we have pretty. We I know, have, right? We have pretty women. So, so well, Nikki, those, those are great choices too. No, and, don't ask right. me. I almost put Rocky on my list. So. Well, well, you should have. What a great love story. I thought it was. I thought Rocky was a fabulous love story, but it it, it was going to be at number five if I if I didn't pick Sweet November. It was kind of a well. We'll give it a tie. There. We'll give it a tie place with Sweet November. Okay. 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 Well, and Titanic and Officer and a Gentleman are in my top ten. Well, see, does that help, Nikki? All right. <laughs> well, here are mine, and um, I I have to go with um, an affair to remember. As number five, it's hard to rank them, you know, one, two, three, four, five, because I, I really like all of these about equally, but I'll just go in the way I listed them here. And A Fair to Remember, and that was uh, the movie that was made back in 1957 with Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. And what they a great were, film. They just captivated me. I know it was a sentimental movie, but it was just so intriguing to watch them fall in love and then miss connections. In fact, I think this story's been filmed three times, uh, and it was even referenced in Sleepless in Seattle. 
but it just, uh, I think I've watched, every time I see it <laughs> listed in the TV guide. Cary Grant is so often overlooked for the really great romantic and dramatic roles, and he was fantastic. He was. They they were both just great in that. My fourth one has already been mentioned. It's Kim's number one movie, I believe, When Harry Met Sally, and I just think this is the greatest movie ever made about how friendship can bloom into long-lasting love, and that's another one that that you can just watch over and over again. I love that movie, but again, I didn't see it as as a, a romance movie, as a love story. I just thought it was more of a slapstick comedy. But, well, it had sorry. it had that aspect of it too, but uh, but love was at the at the center. And my number three film is one. That's uh, an unusual pick, I think, but uh, I have to I have to include it because it's such an artistic masterpiece. It's The Fountain, and it co-starred Hugh Jackman and uh, Rachel Weisz as characters representing eternal love and the struggle between death and immortality. So, you know, it's a very deep film. It had elements of mysticism and symbolism and spirituality. So a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought it was just totally hypnotic and almost painfully beautiful and uh i think one of one of the best love stories of all time and then my number 2 and then of course it had Hugh Jackman in it so be still my heart <laughs> I had to put a Hugh Jackman movie in on my list and my number 2 was Tristan and Isolde and this one is a love story for the ages it's based on a celtic myth about a uh, it's a tragic love story uh between a courageous english knight and a beautiful Irish princess. But there's enough battles in this, besides the chemistry that's so great between James Franco and Sophia Miles, there's enough uh, battles to please action fans, as well as gorgeous cinematography to impress everyone. Um, I, I just think it's a very, very underrated movie. And my number one uh, greatest love story on film Probably won't be picked by anyone else, but it's Return to Me. It's a perfect Valentine movie. It co-stars David Duchovny and Minnie Driver, and it's about um, Minnie Driver's character receiving David Duchovny's dead wife's heart. Now, doesn't that sound like a downer? But they, mm-hmm. did, but it is not. It's not a downer at all. It has you do cry, but you laugh most of the time, and it's a joy to watch. It's very touching, funny, and very romantic. So, uh, it's as I say, it's a perfect movie for Valentine's Day because it is about uh, a heart that's transplanted from one person to another, and and uh, results in great happiness for uh, for the for the couple involved. So let's see, what do we have here? Any, oh my goodness, we only have two films that appear on more than one list, Pretty Women and When Harry Met Sally. So this just goes to show you that uh, there's a lot of differences in what people think are the are the greatest love stories. I ever. told you that. <laughs> you did. You I own a copy of Pretty Woman. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those typical guys, oh, pretty, I wouldn't watch that. I think it was a great film. It was a dramatic film and a comedy. I think it was kind of a dramedy. Uh, I, I love the supporting actors in it. I, I just didn't get the whole love story aspect. I, I realized she was in love with him. He was kind of in love with her. They were from two different societies and things. But come on, people, she was a hooker. <laughs> well, uh, 
um, you know, not the damsel in distress, but but there's still that vulnerability that's really hard to get across without doing that. And she just has done it in so many movies that we all have on our list, we all think are classic. And and she and Tom Hanks just have that incredible chemistry together. It's you know, it's not. It, it's weird. It's not really a sexual chemistry, but it's definitely a. You can see them being in love, and they have this great um, comedy energy between them. And so they would definitely be my all-time pick. That's a that's a great choice. And they've made several movies together, isn't that correct? They've made uh, Sleepless in Seattle. You've uh, got Meg Ryan. Joe and Joe and the Volcano. Was that Meg Ryan? Mm-hmm. In that. That and, and you've got Mail uh, also. Oh. More recent. Mm-hmm. Right, and and they do, they just they do go very well together. Well, what about you, Diana? Any any uh, favorite romantic couples on screen? Well, I would have to go along with Jazz and say that um, uh, Bogey and Bergman in Casablanca have to be up there at the top. Um, I also liked Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman in Notorious. I think they were very put, well put together in that. Um, I was a great fan of Deborah Winger and Richard Gere, an officer and a gentleman. And I liked Sam and Molly and Ghost. I think if there were two stars that you would never figure out could actually get a chemistry going together, and I think they achieved that. Oh, they did, absolutely. And and, uh, for me, of course, I'm uh, going back farther uh, to Glenn Ford and Rita Hayworth, to me, they sizzled on screen more than any other couple, especially in the movie Gilda. They had that push-pull, sort of hate-love kind of relationship going that was just so fascinating. And, of course, I do love the chemistry, as I already mentioned, between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in the two films they made together. But you know what? No couple, to me, was more believably in love than Spencer Tracy and Katherine Hepburn in their films as co-stars, except maybe Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Um, yeah. You, know, you actually believed you believed. Oh, she that. stole one of mine already because Bogey and Bacall was my old one, and I wanted to have an old and a new for the best couple. And Kevin Costner and Renee Russo were my my new couple that I thought were up there, and they've done several films together. Tin Cup. Uh, yes, Tin Cup. Oh, they were great in that. Great love story, but Bogey and Bacall is probably my all-time favorite pairing. I'm, I'm not surprised at that, and, but I have to say, though, that uh, Antonio Banderas has exceptional chemistry with all his co-stars. That's <laughs> so true. To, he does, no matter, no matter who, who he is with. He's, he's really great. Well, what about romantic scenes? What's your favorite romantic scene in a, in a love story, Kimberly? You know, I really love the end of uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, um, which, again, is kind of one of those chick flicks that isn't necessarily a love story. There's a lot of other things going on there. But I love the scene at the end where she's uh, Renee Zellweger is running through the streets of London in her underwear and coat to, to catch up with Colin Firth. And uh, it's snowing. There's just a lot of very funny things going on, but it's a really sweet ending, and it's the person that you, you, know, you want her to be with in the end, and, and they get together in a, in a very funny but, but great way. That's a great scene. And what about you, Diana? I'm going to throw one in here. The canines, Lady in the <laughs> Tramp, the spaghetti. Could we ever have spaghetti again in our life without hearing that music and watching those two dogs eat that spaghetti? <laughs> That's a good one, yes. That does stick in our mind. That is, that is great. What, Jazz, what about your favorite romantic scene in a movie? 
Well, everybody's going to hate me because I am so boring, but I, I'm going to have to go back to my standby. I, I think the scene at the plane with two crazy kids in this mixed-up world, I think uh, Bogey and Bergman at the end of Casablanca where he's giving up the one true love of his life to send her off on the plane uh, with Victor is it's probably the most heart-wrenching moment ever put on film, and I think that was the greatest scene. Oh, it was it was memorable, definitely memorable. And, you know, I just can't help uh, picking a couple of scenes from musicals because I am the, avid, the most avid movie musical on, fan on the planet. I will pick Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman singing every love song they can possibly fit into about 15 minutes on top of this huge elephant prop in Moulin Rouge. They just, I mean, i they looked like they were, were desperately in love and that they meant every lyric that they were singing, and I, I just, that, that just sticks in my mind. Also, John Travolta and Christopher Walken in Hairspray. Now, of course, John Travolta was in this huge fat suit and was playing a woman, and uh, who was married to Christopher Walken's character, and when they did a number called Timeless to Me, I forgot that that was John Travolta and Christopher Walken and was so moved by by the love that they showed to each other in that in that particular musical number. But I also like the pedicure scene from Bull Durham between um, where Kevin Costner was painting Susan Sarandon's toenails. <laughs> but I have to agree about uh, Bac- oh, that's uh, a good one, Betty Jo. That's from. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah the from Durham. Yeah, <laughs> and that was an all-round good movie. Do we? I think we have time. Also, uh, when we were picking the the best uh, love stories on film, I forgot to ask. Well, then, what are the worst love stories on film? Do you want to start with that, Kim? You know, I don't really have a worst specific movie. For me, I I kind of, um, and I know a lot of people love her, but I kind of avoid anything with Kate Hudson. Um, just. It never it never works for me. Whoever she's with, uh, even Matthew McConaughey, it just never works for me. So, just pretty much anything with her, I'll I'll tend to avoid. Oh, and she does appear often with uh, Matthew McConaughey, so I mm-hmm. would avoid them too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Diana? Do you have some worst love stories on film? I do, and these are mostly recent ones. Um, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock in the Lake House. There was more chemistry between that water and the lake than there was those two. <laughs> it's on um, my list, too. <laughs> Steve Martin and Claire Danes and Shop Girl. I'm sorry, I felt like he was her father. And uh, the newest one is Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston and Marley and Me. I mean, the story worked about the dog, but there was no chemistry between them. Absolutely not. I mean, there was chemistry between them and the dog, but mm-hmm. <laughs> between the two of the two of them together. And I uh, felt like they were reading their lines the whole time. I know. Uh, I you can almost see yeah. their lips moving as they read the uh, the, the prompter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. How How about you, Jazz? Do you have some worst <laughs> film? Yeah, movies? I had two for that, and I um, once again, I'm sure nobody will like them. Uh, one of them was the War of the Roses. Uh, Michael Douglas with the scene on the chandelier at the end of the film as they're about to crash to their death, which I I, totally I thought was agree. kind of a love story, but it just was so horrible at, at the end of it that it, it was just cringe worthy. And the other one, uh, I 
everybody always hates it when I bring this movie up, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time, but one of the worst love stories ever was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show between Riff Raff and his sister Magenta, which was a love story, but holy cow, that was disturbing. It was, yes. I, I remember I remember that. Well, and Nikki, do you have some uh, picks for the worst love stories on film? I do, and I'm going to read some from the chat room, too. Great. So, yeah, for me, I would have to say Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just saying you could technically say that it I'm was. I'm going to agree with that one, yeah. Okay. All right. I really I'm in agree there too. right away on um, War of the Roses, and the chat room is in total agreement. And Sonny says that the worst was Brokeback Mountain. Oh, that's... See, I was wondering, I was going to ask earlier, why did none of us pick that as one of the better ones? You know, is that some sort of a social commentary? That's probably a subject for the show. I don't think so. I don't think so, because I love social commentary, but I'm just saying. It was was, a love But they're saying it was one of the worst in the chat room. Well, it it certainly was uh, beautifully told, but but it was uh, a pretty long, drawn-out story, I thought, and... uh, but it was a beautifully told love story. That that's right. That probably should have made some somebody's list. So any others that uh, are mentioned in the chat? Let me scroll up because you know it goes by so fast. I know. Um, well, while you're no, doing I that, while you're doing that, I will give a couple of mine. And I was uh, absolutely you. bored, silly in Knights and Rodanti with uh, Richard Gere and Diane Lane, and they looked great together, but the, but the story just didn't work at all. I hope that they put those two together in a much better love story than, than that one was. And New in Town, which just opened up about a week ago, with Renee Zellweger and Harry uh, Connick, Jr., it was, um, it was just... Uh, the whole film was as cold as the Minnesota winter that they depicted, and uh, here you have two great actors in a in a uh, movie that's just filled with with drivel and very very hard to believe. Poor Renee Zellweger had to play a very very unpleasant character. I agree with with uh, Diana about Lake Lake House. What what a far fetched love story again. Very 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 slow. License to Wed. John Krasinski and Mandy Moore had zero chemistry in that particular movie, <laughs> and uh, they were forced to go through, uh, I mean, to read lines from a script that no one should ever be forced to do. And then over her dead body, there was no chemistry between Lake Bell and Paul Rudd, and I don't know why the filmmakers didn't see that and just scratch the whole thing before they let it uh, let it go past the first couple of pages. So We had another great suggestion come in, by the way. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my favorite films, by the way, but one of the horrible love stories buried into it being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just such a disturbing love story, I have to agree. Yes, that that really was. And we did we talk about the... Uh, the worst couples on uh, in romantic films. I think that uh, Kim, you did mention that you couldn't. Uh, you just kind of steered clear of Kate Kate Hudson, and I mentioned that Matthew McConaughey uh, paired with anyone did did not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. But but uh, were there any romantic couples that uh, you'd like to put on the worst list, Jazz? Anything with Marilyn Monroe. Any anything that she was in, I thought uh, I, I realized it's not a popular opinion. 
she was a beautiful woman. I thought she was a terrible actress, and she was very shallow. And the 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 films we saw her in where she was the love interest, I never believed it. I I I thought she was just terrible as playing a love interest person as part of a love story. She could do action. She could do pretty girl. She could do model. But she was never believable to me as somebody who was really in love with someone. So pick any one of her films. I thought she had great chemistry with Eve Montan in the um, musical that they they did together. And I've forgotten Love Me or um, – I can't remember the name of that. I'm going to have to check it out. But I think that the attention was so much on her. It was almost like it was a Mae West movie. And, of course, there wasn't too much chemistry between Mae West and her co-stars because everything was just, you know, it was all Mae West, and, and that was what was zeroed in on her personality. So, Come on up and see me sometime. Exactly. <laughs> so that's kind of a comparison that maybe that maybe you would uh, you would make. Certainly. So, so I think this is a good place to stop the tape. And if Jazz were here now, I'd argue with him about Marilyn Monroe. She had terrific chemistry with Tony Curtis in uh, Some Like It Hot. And um, the name of the movie that I couldn't remember back in 2009, the one with Marilyn Monroe and Eve Montan, was uh, Let's Make Love. And uh, they sizzled on screen. So I definitely would be arguing with uh, with Jazz if he were here right now. And I, I wish that he was. I want to thank Kimberly and Diana again for being such excellent guests. And I'd like to give special thanks to Jazz and uh, Nikki and the original chatters for their contributions, as well as to Danny Dyer for uploading the recorded discussion for us. Um, and I, I want to thank the, the chatters <laughs> that uh, are in our uh, our chat right now. We've had lots of guests coming in and uh, dropping in and then uh, uh, going out and then dropping in again. We might have some technical difficulties going on. But I see that uh, Gail, the ghost hostess, uh, is staying with us. And uh, I was glad to see Cal Pote, who, who is still staying, uh, staying with us. And I appreciate it very, very much. I I really enjoy uh, chatting with the uh, the listeners in the chat room. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the recorded section of today's show took place back in 2009, and there have been some important romantic films released since then. One in particular I'd like to recommend. Last year I saw a film called The Adjustment Bureau, and um, I was expecting just another run-of-the-mill sci-fi thriller, but imagine my surprise when it turned out to be an awesome romance instead. And, yeah, there's sci-fi thrills in this movie about a man and woman struggling to be together despite superhuman efforts to try to keep them apart. But uh, most of you know I'm an incurable romantic, and I couldn't help being drawn into the movie's fantastic love story. Especially, I wanted the star-crossed lovers to find happiness with each other. Matt Damon and Emily Blunt convinced me that their characters belong together. Their powerful chemistry with each other made me want to see them paired together in more films. I have to admit that my husband and my daughter, who attended the same screening I did, didn't feel the same way as I did. They they just thought it was uh, sort of too far-fetched, but... But if you if you love uh, romance movies, 
uh, it's the romance in the ingest, adjustment bureau. That's the that's the important thing. And next, I should remind listeners again about our random drawing for a copy of Kimberly Potts's Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick. And for It Had to Be Us, the award-winning romantic memoir my husband and I wrote under the pseudonyms of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. One reader called our book the Valentine Book of the Year when it was first released, which, of course, made us very happy. It's a, quite an emotional story about how we reunited after being estranged and divorced for almost 20 years, but it's also very humorous and very, very romantic. Movie fans seem to enjoy the book, at least that's what they tell me, because the appendix includes my reviews of 25 favorite romantic films. I think I have a list here. I'm just going to read uh, the list quickly so that you can tell which reviews are in the, in the book. America's Sweethearts, Beyond Borders, Chocolate, Definitely Maybe, Down With Love, Fever Pitch, The Fountain, it's complicated. Kate and Leopold, Last Chance Harvey, A Lot Like Love, Love Actually, which was mentioned in the show, and Moulin Rouge, the same. Music and Lyrics, Must Love Dogs, Original Sin, I had to have something with Antonio Banderas on the list. Pride and Prejudice, Serendipity, Talk to Her, The Tao of Steve, Tristan and Isolde, which I think we mentioned in the show also. Um, two weeks notice and under the Tuscan sun. Now, if you'd like to participate in this drawing, just send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L, realtalk at comcast.net, and that's C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot net. Put book drawing in the subject area, and uh, then I'll add your name to the drawing, and the winners will be notified uh, during the weekend following today, which is Valentine's Day. So uh, I hope that we, we get a lot of entrance into the book drawing, and I think whoever wins will enjoy either one of these books that are, that are being given away. Now, here's what's coming up on Movie Attic Headquarters during the rest of February. Next week, on February 21st, Actor Russell Hornsby from NBC's hit series, Grimm. I hope you've been watching Grimm. It's just fantastic. And from such movies as Big Fat Liar and Get Rich or Die Tryin' will be our special guest. Now, keep your fingers crossed on that one because I know that they're uh, shooting some of the uh, episodes for Grimm. So it, a lot depends on Russell's shooting schedule. So so I'm, I'm just keeping my things, fingers crossed uh, very, very hard, <laughs> hoping that Russell will be able to be with us next Tuesday. I know he wants to, wants to be, and uh, if we don't get him next Tuesday, we'll, we'll reschedule. But I'm going to think positive and think that he will be here on February 21st. Then on the last Tuesday in February, February 28th, and that's two days after the Academy Awards uh, show, Oscar's Best and Worst Moments will be the topic of a roundtable discussion featuring these distinguished panelists, A.J. Hockery, the mad movie man, Barry Monish, author, editor of the latest Screen World volume, Diana Sanger, who's the founder and editor of Classic Movie Guide, and film historian James Cold Harrison. I think that's going to be a, a fascinating discussion.
Well, we've gone over our usual 45 minutes today, so I'd like to wrap things up now. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and for featuring today's episode as one of today's picks. We really appreciate that. Thanks also to our current chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks, because today is Valentine's Day. Let's close the show with one of my favorite love songs, which just happens to be from Jazz's top love story on film. Here's Brian Ferry with As Time Goes By from Casablanca. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Thank you.